0: Mooney, and I run the Dictionary Reading Podcast, where we read the dictionary. My name is Toby, and I am the host of the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a show that discusses the paranormal, conspiracies, the supernatural, UFOs, cryptozoology, and anything else weird from serial killers to cults. Our show is transmitted to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Secret So put on your tinfoil hats, come learn with us as we try to explain the unexplainable. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today we have a little bit of a different episode. I'm going to be discussing some thoughts about Magic the Gathering Online and a recent blog that was released uh, by the time this episode comes out probably two weeks ago. And just some some of my thoughts about it, so listen up for that. And let's just do a little bit of advertising to get the... To get the, to keep the lights on, you know, I'm really good at English. If you haven't noticed, I'm like a master of the English language. So let me get right into some of these ads. This episode is featured on legitmtg.com. Legitmtg.com not only has some really well written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Do you ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more with legitmtg.com. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping. This week's episode is also brought to you by Horizon Datasys, makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon DataSys doesn't tend to discount their product often, as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC. But for listeners of Magic with Zuby, they provided us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash dot gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off RX. And as usual, I will be sure to tweet that out and Facebook it out for all my listeners out there. Five Color Combo is a great resource to find custom tokens, playmats, or other accessories, learn more about Magic the Gathering, and keep up with the latest news and strategies. They've also developed the premier app for getting better at limited called Magic Drafter. Go to fivecolorcombo.com today or click on the links in this description below to check it out. And when I mean description below, I mean in any of the show notes in the podcast. They also wanted me to announce that uh let me see they're now selling classic art tokens that were from the original magic arts kickstarter they signed on to be the exclusive retailer for it and be sure to check it out when i'm looking at some of these tokens they look pretty awesome actually um probably the best looking one is the squirrel one if you're a fan of squirrels actually no they all look really really well done so if you're a token aficionado or aficionado or connoisseur of tokens, be sure to check them out. I will also have a link to the tokens in the show notes as well. So before we get into the main meat, oh yeah, let me uh, before I get into that, these are the places where Magic Wazoobi can be found at. MagicWazoobie can be found on the following iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Tune Radio, Mtgcast.com. If you wish to email me with any questions or just send me an awesome message, send it to me at mtgzoobie at gmail.com. Magic with Zuby is also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash magic with Zuby, as well as Twitter at Magikwazoobie. So as you all know, I'm running a contest to give out two commander sets and I've been. I keep forgetting to do this, but in case you don't know, the code word is cowabunga. You didn't hear it from me, and all you have to do is just email me with that code word to be eligible, and I'll be announcing the winners in next week's episode. I'm doing one extra week as I was originally just doing two weeks, but I figure, hey, you know, wanna do another week and just to get the just to get it out there. So I wanted to actually read some of your messages that you've been sending me and i really really appreciate it actually hold on let me just pull it up you know you think some you think i'd probably be a little bit better prepared for this but no no not at all not at all not at all okay all right here we go this one is from leanne and she is saying hello just tuning into episode 27 and heard your shout out to anna anna from argentina Just wanted to let you know there's maybe more of us international listeners quietly tuning in that you might realize. Love the show from Leanne from Australia. Well, that is awesome that I have someone from Australia listening in, and I greatly appreciate that. That just blows my mind. It's like here I am in dinky old Florida, which is it's freaking ridiculously hot, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Past few days, I've been doing a lot of yard work, and it's just been insanely, insanely hot. So, I mean, right now in Australia, isn't it winter in Australia or something? God, I would die for winter right now. Um, but thank you, Land, for that message. Um, here's another one from JD Steele. Hi, Zuby. I'm JD, level two judge. I caught your show from episode one and thought I like this guy. Hope this podcast succeeds. I still listen and I'm glad you're still faithfully giving us more episodes. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um... And that I've had someone listening from episode one, you know, I recently listened to episode one a couple weeks ago and it's like, damn, it sounds terrible compared to how awesome I am now. Um, let me see. There was another one. Where is it? From Justin. Saying, hello, I just discovered your podcast tonight while I was at work. I subscribed to it on iTunes and listened to the Mrs. Mulligan episode, which was last week's episode. I'm 40 years old and just started playing like four weeks ago and I'm addicted. My 11-year-old son has gotten into it too. We went to the Eldritch Moon pre-release and have played in two FNM events. And we love it but have never played Commander. My son would love a pre-made Commander set. So that was an email sent. For one of the contest entries, and thank you, Justin. That's really awesome. That you know you're getting into magic now. Trust me, it it gets worse. I mean, you think you're addicted now? It gets worse when you start discovering. You know, you, you may start playing draft and you get in a commander. You start coming with all these ideas for decks for commander, and then oh my god, you start discovering modern. And then d- just stay away from legacy and vintage. I don't know if you're married, Justin, but if you do, but if you are. Your wife's not going to be happy with you buying, you know, all these dual lands and these really expensive lands. My wife, my wife doesn't know, but really she does. Um, then I got, uh, I'm hopefully I'm saying this, saying this name right: Elaine, Alon, Alan, Allen, probably butchering this a L a I N. I'm guessing Elaine, uh, sent an email saying, thanks for putting up this contest, contest, contest. Good job with the podcast. Keep it up. You know how I said I'm really good with the English language. Boom. A lot of examples in these past few minutes. So those were some emails, you know, I've been meaning to read them in the show. And I just, I'm honestly really bad. I forget. Um, If anyone knows me personally, knows that I have one of the worst memories. So even though I may have gotten your emails and I've been meaning to read them, On the show, it's not that I'm ignoring you or anything. It's, I honestly forget. I forget what I did five minutes ago. Okay. So let's get on with the show. So before we begin, I'm going to preface this that the majority of what I'm about to say may come across highly technical. There may be some jargon or words used that you may not understand. So I apologize ahead of time. It's this has been a topic that has come up recently and it was by a member of the development team for Magic the Gathering Online that has sort of sparked what this episode's topic is going to be about. So, like I said, I apologize ahead of time for any technical jargon. And if you want to skip this episode, that's perfectly fine. Just go right ahead. I, I don't know how long it will be or what my little rant or my talk will be. But before we begin and get into the subject, just to make you all aware, in case you didn't know, is I'm a network engineer by day. And podcaster by night. Well, and magic the gathering spellslinger by night as well and father and all that. But, um, basically what I do for my job is I work for a medical company and without giving really a lot of details, I handle not only the day to day tasks of, you know, maintaining the network for our company, but also designing and planning of, you know, future expansions of the network and making sure the security is locked down. It's just me and one other guy. And my other guy is, um, he's really good at what he do. What, what, what he do, what he does. And he's, he's helped me out a lot. He's actually the one who has made the theme songs for this podcast. So kudos to you. You know who I'm talking about Corey. Um, but anyways, Like I say, it's my day to day responsibilities range from, you know, take, taking care of the network, doing maintenance and checkups, making sure there's no quote unquote leaks in the network or making sure security is locked down. It being medical, I have to deal with PHI, which is private health, patient health information. And, you know, any kind of leaks with that is extremely, extremely important and not something to just be you know, scoffed at because PHI is no laughing matter and it can result in some really hefty fines. So there's a lot of security requirements I have to meet for my job. And so I do the day-to-day stuff. I deal with the firewalls, the routers, the switches, and I deal with, like I say, future expansions. I have to, I'm constantly coming up with little projects to do to make sure that The network that i run is as efficient as possible it's only like i said it's a two-man team we're not that big of a company i mean but we are growing so i have to not only anticipate for that growth but i have to make sure that as we continue to grow that the there's security there's best practices for security um best practices for the network running smoothly and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to get too into that, but I, I sort of want to preface that's what my job is. So, like I said, the topic that we're going to be talking about, especially that was brought up by that blog by the developer is sort of near and dear at heart when I read what the blog was. You know, I'll, I'll read certain parts of it coming up, but, um, also want to preface that I do know some programming. Um, I'm not as deep as I used to be. I was really in for probably six months there. I was really deep into, uh, C, C sharp and C++. And I have dabbled in Python and a little bit of assembly. So I know my way around code. I mean, I can look at it and understand what it's doing. I can't write it up though. I mean, I probably could if I really spent the time for it. But eh, whatever, Uh, I'm just not really that interested. I do also for my job is since I'm the network engineer, I tell a lot of vendors that I work all seven layers of the OSI model. And some of you may understand that I'm not going to get into what the OSI model is, but um, I'm also the website administrator for our company, which is SharePoint. And if you know anything about SharePoint, SharePoint is a pain in the ass and it sucks. I hate you, Microsoft. Um... So, you know, I also deal with a lot of web development too in terms of I do more back-end development, you know, dealing with SQL databases and making sure the the web applications are running and the databases are being backed up. It's it's more administration than anything. It's very rare that we have to do anything with SharePoint. It's pretty much once we set it up, we it's a set up and forget it type thing. And yeah, it's I don't want to get too into that, but at least, you know, I have that knowledge of, you know, IIS and HTML and some, some scripting there. So, like I said, this was just a little bit of a background of what I do for my job. And it's just a small portion of what I do. There's a lot more to it. Just like many IT people nowadays, we wear many hats, especially if you're in smaller organizations. We're a, we're a team of about, what, 10, 11 people now? If you know, you're in bigger IT organizations, you're going to have a lot more segregated roles. Um, but anyways, it's, we're talking about a few days ago, or maybe by the time this episode comes out, could be a few weeks ago. I'm not sure when I'm going to release this, but there was a question was asked to a developer. Her name is Allie Medwin. And she is, she says that she's a digital editor for Magic the Gathering Online. From the answer she gave, it sounded like she was a programmer or maybe a developer of it too. But someone asked, what's the biggest misunderstanding you think the player base has about Magic Digital in terms of what's easy and what's hard? And she begins saying, that she's going to be blunt here. And the single biggest misunderstanding here is that there can be any misunderstand or any understanding. Nobody should be under the illusion that you can actually understand how a highly complex piece of software works without studying the code itself, especially when that software has been running more or less continuously for 15 years without being taken down. And the game's rule engine is more complex than a lot of the systems NASA works with. Now I'm not here to bash her or bash the program of magic, the gathering online, even though I've said in episodes past that the program is pretty much a POS and you know, I have problems with it personally, but ju- just that first paragraph there is really, really telling about the company of wizards and how they treat their developers, programmers, and even IT staff. So, so especially the sentence here, especially when that software has been running more or less continuously for 15 years without being taken down. So what that should tell you right there is that they've been basically – they started with Magic Online – Um so if, so if it's been 15 years, came out, what, 2001, 2000, w- whenever it came out. So they have the base code that they've basically been building upon more and more and more for 15 years and have never, ever started from scratch. Um One, one big thing that should tell you is they either don't have enough time to be able to rewrite from scratch. Two, there's not enough money or resources to be able to dedicate to that. Three, upper management or middle management just doesn't care and just wants to make money. Um, what's especially surprising about that is when you think about, let's just take the Microsoft OS, for instance, Windows. And can you imagine if, say, Windows 95 came out and while, while there have been past iterations of Microsoft Windows that have come out that have been built upon the code of previous OSs. But when you go from when Microsoft, Windows 95 and 98 were very similar in the architecture behind the scenes of the code. But when NT came out, that was all brand new code, if I'm remembering that correctly. It was completely different in the way the file system was, um, a lot of the behind the scenes of how the system itself worked, and but it it's let's just imagine, for instance, that windows seven Windows ten now, if that came out today and it was still built upon the code of windows ninety five now that's not to say there may be some pieces of the code here and there that may have stuck around you know for for years like who knows you know there's still i don't know i I could get deeper into it I'd have to do some research on it, but can, let's just imagine that if Windows 10 came out now and it was built upon the foundation of Windows 95, you'd be able to one tell, first of all, it, Windows 10 for the most part runs pretty smooth. Yeah, there's some issues here and there. What, what OS doesn't have that? But if it would be very telling if an operating system itself was built upon the foundation of 95 we're we're just using windows here i'm not getting into linux or mac i mean mac mac os is a whole other whole other beast here but as i was saying if if windows 10 came out and it was built upon the foundation of 95 there would be problems left and right there would be anarchy in the streets you know puppies getting along with dog or puppies getting along with kitties stuff like that. And it'd be very telling that the software would or the OS itself would just not run very well at all. I mean, a really good a really good um example is when Microsoft released Windows Vista and well, that was a, well, no, I kind of take that back because when Vista came out, that was kind of Microsoft's fault for not letting a lot of the hardware developers know ahead of time about, or, or maybe they didn't give them enough time to work on it to make sure they had the drivers available. Uh, that's beside the point. And so they say basically, so Ali says here that the software has been running for 15 years without being taken down. Like I said, that leads to three guesses here that I said before, and that really tells me that they that Wizards does not see the reason to take it down or even not even to take it down because you wouldn't want to take it down. You wouldn't want to be losing money at that point. You know, cuz the the main goal As far in, I know a lot of people hate capitalism and blah, 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 making money, you know, but the main goal of any company is to turn a profit. So they are obviously turning a profit for magic online because it's running more or less continuously for 15 years without being taken down. And they're just continuously adding on to it. Eventually what's going to happen, say even five years from now, you know, that code, You're, you're just either not going to be able to add as much to it. Um, you're, there's going to be a point in time where they have to start over. It's either the magic rules on paper are going to get too complex for the rule set that's ingrained in there. And they just, they just need to do something. But like I said, that's very telling that management does not see it worthwhile to take it down and to start all over. And the reason why that is, is because it makes them plenty, enough money as it is. So they're probably thinking, well, it's making us money and users are using it regardless of the bugs. So why complain? You know, wh- why stir up the pot? And that's the same kind of mentality that I have been at, at other companies. Um I've been, I worked at a magazine company at one point and they refused not not really refuse, but I don't really want to say refuse, but they didn't want to jump on the digital bandwagon. They didn't want to really put their magazine online. They wanted to keep going with paper and they, and they kind of not, like I said, it's not really refuse, but they were very reluctant. They were like, well, we're making a lot of money off our paper magazines, you know, The online is never going to catch on. So why stir up the pot? And that's the same exact kind of reasoning that really took them down. And while they're still around, they're just nowhere near as big as they were. And they're just, they're basically, they're very lightly staffed compared to what they were because it was a huge company. Um, But like I said, this kind of this kind of saying here is just really, really telling of what's going on behind the scenes and scenes and wizards. And the other the next sentence after that is also very telling. That the game's rules engine is more complex than a lot of the systems NASA works with. And, you know, I'm not going to say here that I've worked at NASA. I don't know anything about what their programs are like. What their coding is like behind all the stuff they do when it comes to launching rockets, launching satellites. You know, landing probes on Mars. Which I'm sure, whoo, way above my head, way above my IQ, way above my intelligence. So I, it's hard to really comment on that. Um, but if your program is quote unquote more complex than a lot of the system NASA works with, as I said, since you have never taken down the software or you've never start over and it's code upon code that's being continuously dropped upon or put on upon and just added, added, added more and more for 15 years. Yeah. It's going to be more complex. Because one, you guys aren't taking the time to probably properly QA it. And, and it's, it's really, you can't, I don't think you can even really blame a QA team or developers. It's probably management just pushing like we, there's a new set coming out. It needs to be out at this time. Boom, get it done. I don't care what it breaks, you know, and it really makes sense or not really makes sense, but it's, becoming more apparent that that's the case that they're so pushed and crunch for time because there's new sets coming out every couple months that they just don't have enough time to fix all the bugs it's no wonder why that when you hear a lot of reports of bugs popping up a magic online like i do this one thing with a card and you know, X, Y, Z doesn't happen or I got dropped or kicked out or the program has a memory leak and is just sucking up all my RAM and it, it crashed me it caused me to lose out of league. So you just send in a ticket and, <clears throat> and just, you know, they'll compensate you for, you know, giving you tickets or refunding your money, whatever it may be. What's also telling there was a post on Reddit a couple weeks ago, I think where a guy saved all his, has saved all his draft decks for, you know, for so long. It was like, I don't know, six, seven thousand draft decks. Cause whenever you finish a draft on magic online, it'll save a copy of it on there, you know, just in case you want to play it again or see what you drafted, see what you did wrong, you know, for whatever reason. So the, he got an email from. Wizards stating, Hey, we've noticed you have too many decks and it's causing the entire client to run slow. That is another big alert right there that that should tell you, Hey, there's something really happening here where if, if they're complaining that someone has too many saved decks and it's causing the client for everybody to run slow, that, that's bad programming. You know, it's, it should be, it shouldn't even I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a programmer. It's, I've dabbled in it. So I can't really, can't really explain like how that could be. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. So what can we take away from all this? It's one, you can take away that a lot of people like to blame the developers of Magic Online, the programmers of Magic Online and not just Magic Online. Magic Duels is also an issue. There was a video released by the developers or programmers of Magic Duels, it was either a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago, stating that they're basically not gonna fix bugs, such as the one bug that was plaguing the game for a while. There was the how it would pass over priority without you even being able to have a chance to do anything, and that bug frustrated me so bad that I stopped playing. I I couldn't handle duels. Duels to me was just more of a relaxing way to play Magic, you know, just so I could you know play a few games against the AI or someone and maybe crack some packs with enough gold they basically stated that they're not going to fix bugs until a new set is released and that could be many things one their development team is probably pretty small two the resources aren't there three it's once again probably management telling them no we don't care about this priority passing bug you need to get this new set out so we can start making more money and it's it's almost sad in a way that when stuff like that happens you present a problem to management stating, Hey, XYZ is happening. If we just do ABC, you know, we can get this stuff fixed. We can release a patch for it, do some bug fixes. Oh, but what about the new set that's coming out? How are you doing on that? Oh, well, you know, it's taking a little bit of a backseat because of all these huge bugs. Nope. You need to, you need to fix, you need to get the new set out. So we make more money. Boom. Bottom line. That's all that matters. And it's sad in a way. It's really telling of. What the culture may be like at Wizards of the Coast and it's really easy to blame developers and programmers. There was recently an issue that we're dealing with at work where we're trying to implement a strategy of some new sites that we wanted to take over a few months ago. We wanted to implement a strategy where, where we would have control of the new assets that we obtained but the previous company still needed to have access to one or two of the assets, one or two of the computers for, um, for, uh, oh God, it's logistic reasons. It's, I can't remember the exact details of it. Um, it, it's way above my pay grade, but you know, when, when I was, pre- when I was presented with, them stating hey they're going to want to do xyz i presented a strategy and said well no if we do it this way where it it's still on since it's our asset anyway let's put it on our network and then i can just lock it down to where it can only access you know xyz abc whatever it can access whatever the the legacy systems it needs to but it, i remember we were kind of fighting back and forth with the old company and us and basically what happened was we ended up going with with the with the other company's strategy for it so like i said i can probably understand the fight that the developers and programmers have to go through that a lot of it is out of their hand and it's sad to see that a lot of the players you know blame the developers and programmers of magic online for probably what they have no control over they're basically paid way under market salary, probably. And probably one of the quote unquote perks they get is either free magic online stuff or free paper product as well. So, and it's, I don't know. It, it it's sad to see. And it, and the blog that the Ali wrote, it's, I mean, of course she can't bash. Her job. No, no one, it, you'd be stupid to go online and start bashing your job, especially for if you work for a well-known company such as wizards and people are, they're going to find out and you're going to be fired. What's, what's really telling about it all is how, Oh, you freaking computer, stop going offline. I'm, I'm doing the podcast in a different location, just trying it out since I get kind of tired of being stuck on my computer. Or I mean I'm still on a computer recording anyway, but just stuck at my computer desk. So um it's really telling how probably management handles it while try while the developers and programs just have to put on a face of, oh, you know, we're doing our best and you know, you guys just don't understand. And it's just it's sad. I feel for them. Because I've worked at, you know, other IT jobs to where you have an old system you can't replace it no matter how badly you want to even if you yourself do the research to say hey if we go with this system instead even though the upfront cost is going to be great down the line you're going to get an ROI back in you know 5 to 10 years you know but they see those dollar signs that oh no we got to spend this much money up front oh man nope we can't do it and i would love 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 To see wizards hire, you know, top talent with developers and programmers with the assumption that they're going to be able to come in and start a whole new online experience. Now, there are, there are supposed, um, online experiences happening that a lot of people have stated the magic next. There was that. Uh, what was that little statement that came out last year around November, October stating that, you know, they want to basically combine the best of magic online with magic duels and come out with magic next, you know, who knows what that's even going to mean. They also have to be careful because magic online makes them a lot of money also, and they don't want to piss off probably shareholders. They don't want to piss off, you know, anybody who has stake in the company and it's, You know, I I also kind of see it from the management point of view where they they themselves are probably beholden to however the company is wearing. Maybe if if um Wizards has board of directors, we'll know that's Hasbro now too, so they probably have to, you know, make sure that they're not pissing off Hasbro that their purchase of Wizards wasn't a mistake, that they have to show XYZ that, you know, magic is growing year to year, you know, quarter to quarter. So it's basically what it comes down to is there's a lot of politics involved that we're not privy to as much as magic online itself sucks. But, and the UI is terrible. The program is programming is terrible. There's stories after stories and countless, countless examples of magic online, just being an all around, not that great of a product. It's, It's more than that. There's probably a lot more politics involved that we're just never going to be privy to. And we shouldn't be privy to because it's really, you know, not our business. But the only way that we as a community can really do something about it is to stop using the program. If you really want the program to thrive and become a better product than what it is, stop using it in its current iteration. You know, that's the only way we as players, as a community, and as customers can do. You know, what what may happen if we stopped using it altogether? Well, if Wizard sees that their their profit margins are going down or even their revenue is going down on Magic Online, but it's going up on paper, they're gonna start saying, Huh, well what can we do to bring more players back? Of course that doesn't mean Let's just say, let's just say we as a community put a concentrated effort into not using magic online. Even some of the top pros stopped using it and used free alternatives as X Mage or Cockatrice. Um, what may happen if that happened? You know, I could see wizards definitely doing some litigation going after those free programs just to shut them down so that your only option is magic online, but let's just say in a perfect world that there was a concentrated effort to stop everybody from using the program. You know, they'd probably entice you with some features like, Hey, maybe if you, you know, if you sign back up now or you come back now, you get 20 free tickets or there's going to be free drafts for a month. Um, you know, they'll do anything they can do to, to, even though it may cost them a little bit of money in the beginning, but if there's anything they can do to bring you back to the current program, yes, they're going to do it. And it's just something you would, that the community as a whole would have to just be like, nope, we're still not coming back. Even though you're offering all this free stuff, we want a new, we want new software. I mean, it, it wouldn't happen in six months, probably wouldn't even happen in a year. It's, they'd probably have to show considerable losses for them to do something quick. Like, it would have to be a sort of thing where no, everyone stopped logging into Magic Online and even Magic Duels as well for them to really be like, Oh snap, people really don't like this program anymore. Um, we got to do something. So, you know, e- e- even, even then it's, you're still not going to, see the results you want. And it's hopefully, you know, if we really want a good magic online product, you know, hopefully this new CEO that was hired for wizards has the, the sway to be able to kick its butt into rear, you know, cause when it comes to card games, especially digital card games, you know, Hearthstone has the market cornered. Um, Hex is up and coming. There's even that, what is it? What is it that, um, That new one, that Elder Scrolls one, there's even a Witcher one coming out. I mean, card, online card games aren't going anywhere, and it's just sad to see that magic is slowly, you know, biting the dust for it. So, you know, I I guess to end with that, this is really out of, out of, you know, Don't, don't blame the developers or programmers. They're only doing their job because they want to keep it. And they, a lot of them probably really do love their jobs and working at wizards. And it's, it's not their fault. At this point, I really have to believe that it's management's fault. And being in IT for so long now, I've been in it over 10 years. And while that's not a long time for some, it's, I've seen where you know, upper management, the board of directors, even the chief, chief officers, they just don't want to invest the money into it because, hey, if it's not broke, why fix it? And that's probably the mentality they have. And like I said, unless we have a concentrated effort as a community to stop using magic online, it's, there's not going to be any change. So like I said, that, that blog really got to me. Of course I wanted to do the easy thing and just bash Alley, but I'm like, That, that really doesn't solve anything. It's not, it's not her fault at all. And it's just, it's frustrating because, you know, like I said, me being a network engineer, I solve problems every day. I solve problems. I try to, we're, I'm not a break fix person. I'm a, I'm a, um, person that tries to develop strategies of how to make things better and, you know, pe- people have come up with better solutions for magic online. You know, maybe they have implemented those solutions, but you know, a lot of us have come up with ideas. You know, I know the Telerian professor has come up with ideas on how to fix magic. Um, you know, I've come up with ideas, but why not have a monthly subscription to where you get, you know, X amount of drafts free, or you get X amount of tickets to be able to do drafts or constructed. Um, but you know that wouldn't st- that still wouldn't fix the inherent problems with Magic Online, and it's that the way it's going, it's just I I can't see them lasting much longer in the digital digital realm. And it's and what do they do? I mean, their paper product is doing just fine. The pa- the paper is fine, just as long as their paper is selling well. You know that'll keep doing fine. But they either really need to. Really, really do something with their digital or their, it's just gonna fade away, which it already has. Like, and I know Twitch isn't any, any kind of marker for how well a game is doing. But when you look at how many people are streaming Magic Online comparatively to other games, there's not even 20 people most of the time. And even when watching Magic Online, if it's, it's not a good looking experience, but you know, I'm not going to get into the UI. I've had this talk so many times, but it's like, like I said before, there wizards needs to do something in the digital with magic digital or it's, it's done. It's going to die. And those are just some of my thoughts and rambles. And you know, you can email me at mtgzubi at com and tell me. Tell me what you think. Tell me, oh, you don't know anything. You're dumb. You know, eh, I wouldn't even mind the criticism. It's just I felt like I had to talk about this because it's sort of near and dear to me. And I feel like a lot of people have misunderstandings and they want to blame the the developers and programmers when there's a good high chance that it's out of their control. They have no control over, you know, th- there's probably they probably do want to rebuild the program from scratch. But nope. Upper management says, nope, you got to release this set and it needs to be released at July 10th or whatever date it is. And, you know, you can also reach me at Twitter, at um, Facebook.com slash MagicWazooBee, and just tell me what you think. All right. All right. Have a good one, guys.